Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. And I'm Danielle. And today we are going to be talking about the 2023 Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. I'm so excited. Um, This is going to be fun too because I've done the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge a few times. It comes out every year, um, so I can't remember when I started. I want to say it was 2017, and I've done a few years ever since. Um, And Danielle is a Pop Sugar newbie. This is my first time, but I'm really excited. I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm really excited for you to do it. Um, So first we'll talk a little bit about what the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge is and where you can find it, and then we'll go through the prompts. And then we're going to talk about our most anticipated prompts, um, books that are on our lists, things we're thinking about reading. So we'll just jump right in. Yeah. So the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge, Pop Sugar is a lifestyle blog you can find just by googling it Um, they post all kinds of articles and things but every year they release a reading challenge they provide 50 prompts um, and like a printable list that you can download and print out and it has 50 different kinds of suggestions for reading and then you get to fill in on the list the book that you read to fulfill that challenge Um, This is like a really popular thing. So if you go on Instagram and search like Pop Sugar Reading Challenge 2023, um, people post about it on Instagram. It's all over Goodreads. So if you are looking for suggestions for a certain prompt and you can't find something or you're just struggling to look for something, turn to Goodreads. There is a lot out there. There are a lot of people that collaborate to kind of put lists together for this. And then, of course, follow us on Facebook because every week we post a prompt and then four suggestions for things that you could read to fulfill that prompt. So if you feel like you're struggling or if there's a particular prompt that you just are completely stumped by, keep an eye on our Facebook page. Definitely turn to Goodreads and we will help you get this done. Yes. I have never not finished a Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. So, yeah. Okay. It's pressure every year. I guess no pressure for me now to finish. No pressure. <laughs> but a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun. There's 40 regular prompts and then 10 advanced prompts. Um, this is, again, something that is kind of interesting and fun since the two of us have different takes on the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. When I looked over the initial list, I was like, whoa. They picked a really easy list this year. These are really easy prompts, but Danielle had never done one. Yeah, I was going through these and I was like, what? How am I supposed to find one for that? Like, what? Wait a minute. What? I Googled so many different things trying to find books. Um, So for me, it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge. Um, So like Caroline said, like now I have this list of 50 books that fit a particular prompt and I'm so excited to just get in and start reading them. Yeah, this this is really fun and it does... Um, if you've listened to some other podcast episodes and maybe you've tuned into our TBR series, you may know that I have a TBR to be read list that is over 1800 books long. Shame me. I need to be shamed about it. Um, but it's, it's a really good way to go through and like pick 50 books to fit the pop sugar reading challenge that might take some things off my TBR list. So um, I will, you know, I'm going to chisel it down this year. <laughs> it's going to get smaller. As she continues to build it up. <laughs> I've tried so hard to chill out on it, but I, yeah, it's bad. So let's go through the prompts. Um, we'll start with the basic prompts and then I'll be sure to call out when we've moved on to the 10 advanced prompts. And then you'll get to hear what we're most excited about. Yes. So this is the 2023 Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. Um, like I said, you can print this off online or you can get a digital copy of this if you're a digital person. I'm a more tactile person, so I like to print this. But here we go. A book you meant to read in 2022, a book you bought from an independent bookstore, a book about a vacation, 
a book by a first-time author, a book with mystical creatures. I'm sorry, mythical creatures. I guess it's kind of the same, yeah. right? A book about a forbidden romance, a book with girl in the title, a celebrity memoir, a book with a color in the title, a romance with a fat lead, a book about or set in Hollywood, a book published in spring 2023, a book published the year you were born, a modern retelling of a classic, a book with a song lyric in its title, a book where the main character's name is in the title, a book with a love triangle, a book that's been banned or challenged in any state in 2022, a book that fulfills your favorite prompt from a past challenge, a book becoming a TV series or movie in 2023, a book set in the decade you were born, a book with a queer lead, a book with a map, a book with a rabbit on the cover, a book with just text on the cover, the shortest book by pages on your to-be-read list, a book talk recommendation, a book you bought secondhand, a book your friend recommended, a book that's on a celebrity book club list, a book about family, a book that comes out in the second half of 2023, a book about an athlete or sport, a historical fiction book, a book about divorce, a book you think your best friend would like, a book you should have read in high school, a book you read more than 10 years ago, a book you wish you could read for the first time again, a book by an author with the same initials as you. So those are the 40 basic prompts, and then the 10 advanced prompts are a book written during NaNoWriMo, a book based on a popular movie, a book that takes place entirely in one day, a book that was self-published, a book that started out as fan fiction, a book with a pet character, a book about a holiday that's not Christmas, a book that features two languages, the longest book by pages on your to-be-read list, and a book with alliteration in the title. So that is the full list. That's it. Going through these again, I just got excited for books again. I'm like, I know. Oh yeah, I forgot I picked that one. This is a fun thing too, is if you're an avid reader, it kind of just like excites you to read again. And if you're not an avid reader, or even if you are an avid reader and you just tend to stick toward the same things a lot, it challenges you to just read like outside of your comfort zone a little bit. So I really like that about the Pop Sugar Challenge. There have been books that I have read that either I don't think I ever would have picked up or they sat on my to-be-read shelf collecting dust, like metaphorical dust. And when the prompt came up, it was like, oh, well, I I do kind of have a book for that, so I guess I'll try it. And then they either end up being my favorite books or they get off my list, (laughs) which is really just uh, an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, even, like, I used to be an avid YA reader. That's all I read. Um, And then I started branching out and not reading YA as much. So I I read, I kind of dabble in different genres, but even this still, there's stuff that I'm like, oh, I never thought to read like a book in the decade I was born or like things like that, that I'm like, oh yeah, I got, yeah. All right. I'm so glad you brought that one up because that's actually one of the prompts I was going to talk about as not one that I'm like most excited for because I was born in the nineties. So I don't, I don't know. I am, it's funny. I'm like an avid eighties fan. One of the prompts in the 2022 reading challenge was a book set in the eighties. And I was like, yes, (laughs) I love the eighties. Um, I don't know. I, you know, the nineties or whatever. Um, no offense if you were born in the nineties, I think you might be with me on this. Like unless you were born in the early nineties or were like a teenager in the nineties and could really lean into like the cool, like nineties grunge. I think that the nineties are just kind of what they are. Um, but, but when I read that prompt, 
I wrote, I read a book written in the decade you were born because I am a dingus. So my, the book I had initially thought that I might read for that was A Girl with a Pearl Earring. Absolutely not set in the 1990s. It is not. Not set in the 1900s at all, actually. Um, So I have to go back and rethink that because that is a phenomenal book if you've never read it. I have read it. I read it in high school. It was one that I, it was like one of the first books I read in high school that I actually read cover to cover rather than skimming because I was reading it the last second. And I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, so I was excited to put it on my list because I was like, that'll be fun for me to reread, but uh, it was not set in the 1990s. It was not. Not even close. So. Um, and funnily enough, I was born, I, I guess I'll just age myself, I was born in 89, so I was right on the cusp where I'm like, I mean, I guess t- technically I can claim the 80s, and I did, um, but it was just like, it's real weird because I'm like, well, I mean, I was I was born in the 80s, but like, I grew up in the 90s still, yeah. so it was like, okay. I'm like right on the edge of both. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I I don't know. I like when they do prompts like that because it's fun to read a book set specifically in a different time. Mm-hmm. But when it's something like that, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go back through and go on Goodreads and see if I can find one written and set in the 90s but oh we'll see i don't know that yeah. i'll find anything that i love but that's kind of part of the pop sugar reading challenge too is there are going to be prompts that you're like uh yeah. and you just kind of have to try to find something like a modern retelling of a classic i'm not a huge fan of those kinds of books um first and foremost because i'm not really a fantasy reader so oh, yeah i tend to think of modern retellings of like classic fantasy stories um I did pick a book for that one, and it's a book I'm excited about because, again, it was one I read in high school, and I did, again, I actually did read it to cover to cover, Um, and it's called Briar Rose. It's a modern, Mm. not a modern retelling, it's, modern's kind of generous because it's set in the 19, I want to say it's in the 1980s, um, but it's kind of jumps timelines between there and the Holocaust, Okay. Um, but it's a modern retelling of Sleeping Beauty, so... It's one that I know I liked as a kid, and so hopefully I still enjoy it as an adult, but it's still, like, kind of loosely, like, skirting the theme a little bit. But that's, I mean, the funky thing about the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge that I've found over the past couple years that I've done it is that there are definitely prompts that you can bend a little bit. Um, There was one last year, and I don't remember what it was, that I interpreted differently than other people interpreted, and I just had to be okay with it. I was like, I can... I can just interpret this differently. A book by a first-time author was one that I kind of interpreted differently because okay. I don't know. I I think that the point of the prompt is to read a book published by an author who's not published anything else. But I also think we're living in a time where if you're on like book talk or if you are listening to this podcast and you're somebody who's kind of like an avid book follower. Um, you know that there's a lot of pressure in the book publishing industry right now where if you've published one book and it was successful, now the expectation is that you're going to publish another. Right. So every time I went looking for a first-time author who I was interested in reading, it was like, and keep an eye out for my new book coming out in 2023. And I was like, holy cow, you literally published a book last year and now right. you're on it again. So I don't know. I, so I picked one that I think the author has not written another book, but I guess we'll find out. And if they haven't, this is at least their first book. So Yeah, that was one that I had to Google because I was like, uh, I don't know if 
some of these authors are first time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had to do some searching and digging into that one to see if there was um, like an author, like an author that I'd found and then it, they were a debut author. And then I had to look though, are you really like a debut debut author? Or is this like a debut to a new genre author? Oh yeah. Um, or sometimes they like, sometimes authors will get hyped up as like a pseudo debut because they've published like short stories yeah. or they published a book that didn't do well and then they published something that just like took off yeah and now it's getting labeled like a debut I don't know yeah it's it's tricky um another thing to mention about the pop sugar reading challenge and this is a little pop sugar controversy there okay. are some people that are pop sugar reading challenge purists and don't think you should double dip Oh, yeah. But there are people who are like, well, double dip. Like, it doesn't matter as long as it fulfills a prompt. I am a pop sugar purist. So I, I actually already finished one prompt, and it is technically by an author who's never written anything before, but I counted it as a celebrity memoir because it was more in that genre. Yeah. So um, if you're interested, I read my celebrity memoir, and it was Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. If you're a Harry Potter fan, that was an incredible book. He narrates the audiobook, so get on hold for it because it was amazing um and it was like five and a half hours long and uh i got stuck on an airplane and we weren't moving so i finished like four and a half hours on Mm -hmm. a flight so that was great um the these two were tricky the book published in 2020 or spring of 2023 Mm -hmm. and then a book that comes out in the second half of 2023 i found things for but it was tricky and i feel like it's trickier now than it may have been a couple years ago because with supply chain issues and demand issues and just like the general pushback and like back and forth a book might get anyway books some books are not getting their publication date like they initially thought they would so I have two in mind for those but I'm not committing to them full force because if the author says like oh you know, we've hit a snag and now it's not coming out in the second half of 2023 or like it's coming out in summer instead of spring now. I was like, oh, I hope that everything goes the way I hope it does. But uh, I will not marry those two prompts because they're they're nerve wracking. And if you're like me, like both of us, you did it too. And you plan way ahead. Sometimes it's hard to see what's coming out in the second half of the year. And I did say, uh, or I did, um, I wrote my books down in pencil. So that if I do have to backtrack anything or change something or whatever, um, I can go ahead and do that. Uh, I did want to mention for the retelling, the modern retelling of a classic, mm-hmm. um, Alice in Zombieland is a really good one. That's I've heard so that. much fun. Um, so if you're looking for something that's a modern retelling, super fun. I really liked that book. I'm going to read Tiger Lily, which I think kind of also skirts. A little bit, because I don't know if it's so much a retelling as it's the story from a different perspective. I'm not oh, sure. Is it a Peter Pan? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, so it's a Peter Pan retelling of some sort. Um, but I also, I'm almost done with one book, um, and it was from the advanced book prompt. It was one of the hardest ones I had to find. Um, a book based on a popular movie. That's really hard because it's usually movies based on books. So that one took me some digging. Um, but I'm reading The Labyrinth. Fine. Um, and I started it yesterday, and I'm already more than halfway done with it. It is a really fun read. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. Um, and I'm just really enjoying it. And I haven't seen The Labyrinth in a, in a hot minute. So there are certain scenes, um, if you've seen The Labyrinth, like where she's going down a tunnel of hands. 
Ooh. and the hands make faces like they're talking. Oh, I remember, um, yeah. And so they're describing that in the book, and then I started remembering it from the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about it's that. It's kind of a spooky part. Yeah, it's, it's a little creepy. weird. It's a little creepy, but I'm really liking it. Oh, that's fun. Um, and I did Tiny Cheat. I know. Um, so one of the other advanced prompts is the longest book in your TBR list. Oh, mm-hmm. um, so that one for me, it's called Iron Gold, um, and it is the fourth book in a series and so I just I started it on like the 27th or 28th of December so I got a little bit of a jump head start I feel like as long as you finish it within the year it counts because like yeah if you if you start something a little bit before and there's no way you're going to finish it before the end of the year I don't know I think the the real like telling is when you finish the book um yeah I had to cheat for that one and for the shortest book by pages too because Goodreads, unfortunately, Goodreads is great about most things, but unfortunately, it's not always great about measuring page length. So if you go into your Goodreads account and you opt to see like the pages in order, it's not perfect. Um, so the book I'm reading for my longest book is Les Miserables, which is a 58-hour long audiobook. That's, that's rough. I think that's plenty long. I'm going to count yeah. it as my longest. But because we're both... We, we both work in like the children's department of the library. My shortest books are generally picture books yeah. that I want to read and just haven't gotten to yet for story time and other various things we do around here. So I put um, a Dear America book that I've been meaning to read on my list because it's a book that I loved those as a kid um, and just haven't read them all or it's been a long time since I've read some of them. So I'm going to go back to it um, and just kind of revisit it, but it's probably not technically the shortest on my to be read list we're gonna count it I think it's okay it's a shorty I will say so I also I guess I double cheated on this one (laughs) technically iron gold according to goodreads isn't the longest book on my tbr list the longest book on my tbr list is the Oh, I can't think of the name of it now, but it's the fifth book in that series. Oh, but you can't So skip. I was like, well, I can't skip the fourth book. And the fourth book is still pretty chunky. I think it's like 26 hours. So I was like, all right, well. That's decent. I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and read that one instead. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so then the shortest book on my TBR list is um, The House on Mango Street. Fun. Yeah. So that was one that I could have double dick- dipped um, as a book I should have read in high school. But I'm trying to be a purist, mm-hmm. so I did not double dip. Um, for the one I should have read in high school is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, fun. Yeah. I love that book. Okay, I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm not very excited about it. I'm not that – I don't really like to read. I don't know. If, is that considered a classic? Yeah, I think generally, yeah. yeah. I don't love classics. That's Which fair. is probably why I didn't read it in high school, but I do know it was one – that I was supposed to have read, so. Yeah, yeah, I read that one. Um, House on Mango Street was also a book that I did not read, but I think it was, I feel like it was one where my teacher said, like, you can read this or this. Okay. And I think I was supposed to read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and I also don't think I read that one. <laughs> so, you know, that's okay. Um, but I'm like you, I'm not a huge fan of classics in the way that I don't love things that were written, like, pre-1900. Um, yeah. So I think I think you'll like To Kill a Mockingbird because it's set in like the 1950s, I want to say. Okay. So it's not like, it, it doesn't use language that's like outside of the realm of like what we okay. would hear now. That's my 
book I should have read in high school is A Tale of Two Cities. Ooh, I okay. know, I know. <laughs> and I know that I'm going to just... I'm, I shouldn't say this because it's probably a fine book and it's on my list and this is the reason why it is on my list. I just feel like I'm going to loathe reading that. I think that could be a slog. <laughs> I had to read it during... Um, so it was like a summer reading project that I had okay. to do. And every night I was sitting up reading a chapter, like trying to read a chapter, and I'd either fall asleep or just want to weep. <laughs> I just wanted to weep. I was like, this is so, so hard and like yeah. so different from the language that we use now. Yeah. And I think and if, if you are an English teacher out there and you're listening, serious props to you, but I will say like, I think that we need to be a little more understanding of like spark notes. Yeah. Obviously not to rely on spark notes like right students should still be reading books but like my english teacher in high school was very anti-spark notes like do not read the spark notes you need to read it on your own you mm-hmm. need to interpret it and understand it on your own but there was no chance of that happening for me so if i could have at least read the spark notes and like understood where we were at because yeah. by chapter three i was lost right i didn't understand what was going on so if you're if you're anti spark notes maybe maybe we just we can like change our stance on spark yeah. notes mm-hmm. There are books that are in this library. So. I got through many a Shakespeare class with Sparks Notes, let me tell you. Oh my gosh, yeah. So. That is, and again, because it's language that's just completely foreign to us. Yeah. And so. it's, I mean, it's like poetry. Sometimes I feel like poetry had Spark Notes. Like, you just don't necessarily understand, like, the, I don't know, the imagery or, like, the metaphors that are taking place, especially sure. in Shakespeare time, because it, you know, different word plays and stuff. But, yeah, I... As an avid reader, I am pro Sparks Notes. Yes, me too. <laughs> pro Spark Notes forever. Um, let me see. There was another one that. Oh, oh my gosh! I know we talked about this. You and I talked about this, but I cannot wait to bring it up on the podcast because it was so cringy. Um, the book with a forbidden romance Ugh. was a category that when I initially saw it, I was like, "Oh, this might be fun." Um, if you are a tender, tender-hearted person, don't Google it. Don't yeah. don't look it up on Goodreads, um, because there are a lot. And I think that the like the spicy romance novel is like coming into a different age. Like there's a lot coming out in that kind of like, ooh, it's a little saucy. Yeah. Um, but googling the forbidden romance category, because of course my first thought was like Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, Twilight came to mind, but I've read okay. those, so I didn't really want to go back and reread those right now. If you Google it, it's like books with a very different power dynamic, like teacher-student. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's forbidden for a reason. Yeah. Um, it was like third cousins twice removed. I was like, oh no, yeah. I think I'm okay there too. Yeah. I ended up going with Warm Bodies. It's a book about a zombie that falls in love with a human girl. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to read that one because it'll be fun. And it's probably in the same vein as Twilight. Like yeah. a vampire and a, a human girl falling in love and Ugh, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if you're if you're like me and you didn't want to see those things, I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was, that's not what I'm in the market to read. And yeah. it's definitely not, I think we are starting to shift the conversation on romance novels and like the conversations we have around romance. And like, I'm sorry, I just am not super interested in a book where the power dynamic is not balanced. Yeah. A teacher student relationship is like not like super cool to me. So I just, yeah, I was like, no. 
that one was a category that I was like, ooh, pop sugar. Yeah. You're you're throwing a prompt out there that could really be weird. Yeah. I um I ran into the same thing. I ran into a lot of um familial forbidden romances that uh-huh. made me feel very icky inside. <laughs> um I did I will say I did read um Pretty Little Liars. Oh yeah. Um I talked about how I was very avid YA. Um, so I did go through those series and the teacher student romance in there, while it wasn't like quality romance, it didn't make me feel icky as yeah. I was reading it. So the one that I went with is called Sweet Dandelion. Okay. Um, and it's about a girl who's going through, um, a tragedy of losing someone really important to her and it's her, um, I believe her high school counselor. Okay. So, and I I could be wrong, but I think she's 18. Okay. So it's like just like a little baby, incy wincy little bit, not as icky. Um, Maybe it'll be like a hint of ick, but... Yeah, and I'm not. hoping that it's not like a tremendous age gap where it, yeah. it's like, okay, that's really not this okay. This is a little weird, yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a little bit more Pretty Little Liars where I didn't hate it. Sure. Um, I mean, again, like part of the pop sugar reading challenge is like finding out. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope it's good. I hope that it's not icky. Yeah, me too. Oh. <laughs> I am excited for warm bodies. So that's on my TBR list just in oh, general. Fun. I think that's lo- looks like a cute one. Yeah. That one should be fun. I'm yeah. excited about that one. And that is definitely one that I know is being posted to our Facebook page early. Okay. Because it is one of those that like, I think if, you run into some trouble. Like if you've read Twilight, if you've read Fifty Shades of Grey, if you've read Romeo and Juliet, you're going to run into trouble trying to find a book that's, uh, fits the category and is not something that makes you kind of uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's where this prompt runs into trouble is like, there's a big difference between forbidden and like illegal or icky. Um, so, I, yeah, I just, that was one that I was like, ooh. Uh-huh. I will say the nice thing is if you are just, like, really not looking forward to that or, like, even wanting to delve into that, there are a lot of Romeo and Juliet-esque, like, retellings yeah. that I think that makes it a little bit easier and a little bit more comfortable. Definitely, yeah. Like, um, one that I would recommend is Fa Love Story. Um, it was okay. one that I read last year for the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge, and it's about two Vietnamese families who have, like, warring restaurants across the street from each other, and the um, son of one restaurant and the daughter of the other kind of fall for each other. Okay. And so it's it was very Romeo-esque, Romeo and Juliet-esque, and they even make a couple of references to it. So okay. I think that That's that would cute. be, a, yeah, that one was very cute. And if I hadn't read it last year, I totally would have read it this year for that prompt, yeah. but... Yeah, that's that was one that was tough to navigate. Yeah. What's the one that you chose for wish you could read again for the first time? Um that one I picked The Book Thief. Oh, I that's a good one. Love that book. I loved everything about it. Just the prose in that book at like number one, I just really like um World War Two era literature. Um it's just something that always gets me, but the writing in that book was just so good. Yeah, that one's incredible. Yeah, so, and I haven't read it in a while, so even though, like, I still have memories of the plot, and I remember liking the writing so much, I think it's gonna hit again, where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just beautiful. Oh, that's exciting. That is a really good one. 
I'm reading Ashes of Rose, which um, if I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast before. Um, when I was in middle school, I was we were learning about like labor and labor rights in the U.S. in history okay. class, and I, for some reason, I do not know why this like hit me like a train, like it just it like clicked with me so hard. Um, was the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire? It happened in New York City in 1911, and it was one of the like catalysts for um, workers' rights to be implemented and for like safety protocols to be implemented in workplaces. So like if you are listening to the pod at work right now and you see like a fire alarm or a fire extinguisher or a pole station in front of you, like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was the reason why those things were created. Okay. Um, the building caught fire, it killed 146 employees, most of whom were women, and most of whom were, I wanna say under the age of 22. I know they've got an exact statistic, but I don't remember what that number is. So Ashes of Rose is about a girl who immigrates from Ireland and gets a job at the factory. And like, if you know the history, you know that that's going to come. But mm-hmm. if you don't, it's this like really like just interesting build up to that. And then this like scary Ugh. ending where like yeah. you're, you're, you've grown to love this character and now you're like rooting for her and like hoping that she survives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, when I learned about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, I had a teacher who was just a phenomenal history teacher. He's part of the reason why I have a history degree. Um, and he recommended that book to me because he knew I was just like, just in, like entrenched in like how much I wanted to know about this. And I loved that book so much. I own it. I haven't read it in a long, long time. And so I'm going to do a reread. And I'm not okay. a big rereader. Okay. So I'm interested to see... If I like rereading it, I think it, I won't say definitively it would be the first time I've ever reread a book. Okay. But it might, oh no, that's definitely not true. I reread the Harry Potter books (laughs) like two years ago. So that's not true. But it had been long enough between that, like between my first read of Harry Potter too. So I think, I think I'm going to enjoy rereading it. Yeah. I hope it's as good as I remember. I I think it will be. So I am a rereader. Not so much anymore. I think I'm kind of. I've matured in my book life where there's just too many. There's too many good books to read. Um, But in high school, man, I had my favorites and you couldn't pull me away for anything and they did not get any worse the more I read them. Oh, I love that. So I think that if you loved it that much, I think you'll still love it. Okay, good. That makes me feel better about going back to it. I'm like nervous too. No, I I think you'll still like it. Um, the one that I was really excited about, too, that I wanted to definitely plug on the podcast was um, buying a, a book you bought secondhand or a book from an independent bookstore because you can cross that off at the Friends of the Library. Yes. So I used the, I guess, I mean, I kind of, like, I counted it as an independent bookstore. I picked a book that I bought at Friends. Um, so if you're not familiar, most of our libraries have a bookstore where any of the books that we need to withdraw from our collection for whatever reason go to the bookstores that we have here at the branch. Um, and it's also donation-based too, so if you've ever donated books to the library, they don't go into our collection, they go to the friends of the library for them to sell, and then the money that they raise goes back to the library to continue like buying things for our collection. Um, benefiting programs. If you've ever been to a library program, there's a very good chance that money from the Friends of the Library helped fund that program. So Mm -hmm. um, they're a wonderful, wonderful place to 
buy books um, and support so that we get a little little money to help yeah. out with uh, fun things that we do here at the library. So yeah. I definitely wanted to plug that. If you've never been to a friend's store, definitely come stop by Southeast Regional or if there's a branch closer to you, you can check our website to see if they have a friend's store. But it's definitely worth, if you've never bought a secondhand book, it's definitely worth coming yeah. in and checking out friends because the books are really inexpensive. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really good way to buy a book that you maybe aren't sure about yeah. or just, I don't know, any, any secondhand book. Yeah. With working at the library, I feel like we don't, I don't know about you. I don't buy a ton of books. I don't either. Okay. I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that's probably true of a lot of us because if I can get it here, I'm not going to pay for it. Right. So yeah, I just, I, if I do buy books, I almost always buy them secondhand because yeah. if I'm already not really willing to buy books, I'm definitely not willing to pay full price for yeah. them. So I think the last few times I've bought a book is because I either couldn't get it here because um, the wait was too long or it we just didn't have it in the collection and I just really didn't want to wait for it, um, which I've done with audiobooks. Oh, yeah. My, my poor Audible subscription is on and off all the time because yeah. I'm just like... I don't want to buy the whole, pay the whole thing. No. Um, but any books that I have bought have been from a secondhand store. So another one that I like um, outside of Friends is um, Thrift Books. Yeah. I really like Thrift Books. Um, and Bookman's. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Um, that one was hard. I was like, is it an independent bookstore? Because they're pretty big, but I think they are. Yeah. It's um, Yeah, I'm never sure with independent, like, if it has more than one location but it's like independently owned. Like that's yeah. an independent bookstore. But if it, yeah, Bookman's is big. Yeah. But I think, I think it counts. And if not, it counts definitely as a secondhand book. So yeah, yeah, I definitely encourage you if, if you're someone who likes to own books, but is not excited when you go into Barnes and Noble or other <laughs> bookstores and see the price of books, check out online and um, in-person secondhand stores and independent mm-hmm. bookstores, because that's, a, a great way to save money on books if you are someone that likes to own books, if you're like us and you have access to a library, which mm-hmm. if you're listening to the podcast, you probably do. Yeah. Um, it's hard to convince me that I need to buy books, but it also is a wonderful way to help the environment. Yeah. I always have to plug a little, like a little tidbit about the environment because buying secondhand books means that that book's not going to just go to like a landfill for right. no reason. Um, and there are sometimes books that are out of print too that you can mm-hmm. check a secondhand bookstore. I have a secondhand bookstore in my hometown that I love. Um, I just got back from visiting my hometown and we drove by the bookstore and I was like, oh, that's the one. That's the one I've told you about. Um, it is chaos. It just absolute chaos. Okay. There's no rhyme or reason to where any of the books are. But if you go up to the person that owns the bookstore who has owned it, for as long as I've been going there, he still owns it. If you go up to him and say, I'm looking for The Hobbit. Oh yeah, I know where that is. He'll just like walk you nice. and you're walking with him and you're like, there's no, absolutely no way this guy knows where this book end. Mm-hmm. It, it just walks up, pulls it off the shelf. He's like, here you go. Yeah. And every time I'm like, sir, okay, this is like finding a needle in a haystack For and real. he knows where the needle is uh-huh. every single time. Yep. It's very impressive. That is, that is really neat. Yeah. Um, funny transition though. You mentioned The Hobbit. That is the book that I'm reading for a book with a map. Ooh, yeah. fun. Yeah, I I really like um, Lord of the Rings. Huge Lord of the Rings fan. Confession, though, I don't like the books. I'm really? not a Tolkien fan. Okay. Um, 
I guess I'm not a Tolkien fan in the sense of like his books because obviously I love the stories that he created. Sure. Um, I just like them visually. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But I never have tried The Hobbit. I okay. went straight to Lord of the Rings and I just couldn't get through it. So I am hoping and I've heard that The Hobbit is a more digestible version of Tolkien. Okay, so, that's good. Yeah, I'm excited to to check it out to give it a try. Oh, I have my fingers crossed for you. I hope that you like it. Yeah. I I've heard that too that that's a much easier read than jumping straight into like yeah. the original Lord of the Rings books. Um, and I've never tried either. Um, and I'd like to, but I have the same feeling about, <laughs> I feel like they're not even in the same category, but maybe, um, I tried to read the, uh, Game of Thrones books mm-hmm. and I had a very similar feeling where I was like, I'm having trouble picturing this. And also George R. R. Martin writes like he's running out of time. <laughs> Just so, so, so word heavy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're incredible books and yeah. they've obviously sparked like a huge legacy and a huge, huge cultural staple, but just like, oh my gosh, this whole paragraph is description of yeah. one thing. Yeah. I'm sleepy now. I, I remember I, when my mom was talking about the first season of Game of Thrones and she's like, I wish there was like an encyclopedia of like who all these characters are. And I was like, there is. It's the book. It's the book. The whole book. Yeah. Like, there's one whole book that is, like, dedicated to introducing you to all of these characters. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's where I went wrong, is I watched the series first and then tried to get into the um, books. Yeah. And there was some pronunciation differences in the audiobook, so that threw me off a little bit. Okay. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I already know this character. Yeah. I know who they are. I know their fate. I know, like enough about them that I don't need to hear this description of them. Okay. And this like whole chapters are dedicated to like this really in-depth, really detailed look yeah. at like places and people and yeah. relationships. And I was just like, oh boy. Yeah. So maybe that'll end up maybe a prompt will end up on the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge yeah. list one day that will force me to read yeah. good Game of Thrones. But it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> 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 oh, there was one that I was Oh, the the book with the map. Um I'm doing Wicked. Yeah, I love the musical. I love the music from it. Um, But I've never read the book. And I think, and you'll probably be with me on this one, I think I'm going to read it as a physical book. Okay. I'm so audio driven um, that I like always tend toward an audio book. But I feel like because it's a book with a map and you're not going to be able to see the map if you read the audio book, it like kind of defeats the purpose of the prompt. So I'm going to try it in print. Okay. Uh, it might take me 100 years to finish it, but I have to finish before the end of 2023. So there so you go. It's You've worth a shot. Less than 365 days. So. I better get moving. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, but get moving. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, the book becoming a TV or movie ser- or TV series or movie in 2023. What did yes. you pick? Oh, yeah. Um, Salem's Lot. Oh, fun. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Yeah. That's King, right? Stephen yes. King? Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I feel so. like I've read I've read a couple of Stephen King books and really enjoyed them and then like enjoyed watching the movie too. Yeah, I have read one Stephen King book that I really liked and I've read one Stephen King book that I did not like at all. Okay. So I'm literally split down the middle with him. So Ooh. this will be uh, this will be interesting to see where I kind of fall on Stephen King. Yeah. So. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'm reading Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh. Um, it's a historical nonfiction book, and it actually came out the same year I started working at the library. So I put it on my to-be-read list because everyone was coming in and asking for it. Okay. Everyone was looking for it. It had a miles-long hold list. And so I said to myself, like, oh, well, if I want to be good at my job and I want to be, which 
listener, uh, we have learned that is just impossible. It is. To, you cannot keep up with the new releases. And, like, that's not a measure of being a good librarian or not. It's just so hard to keep up with new stuff. Yeah. But I thought at the time, like, oh, well, in order to be a good employee of this library, I need to read new up-and-coming popular stuff so that when people ask about it, I can recommend stuff. Right. And that's just really hard. Um, So I never got around to it. And now it's becoming, I think, a movie or maybe a limited series. Okay. Um, So I'm going to read it. I'm going to finally read it. Okay. and, uh, And then probably check out the adaptation of it after I'm done okay yeah nice. I'm really excited yeah. that one was it's been on the list for a long time okay I was gonna ask so what about a book you meant to read in 2022 because <laughs> you know once again 1800 <laughs> whole, uh, to be read list um I chose a book that I um was like had started reading and was really excited about and I think I thought about it in the way of like did I have every intention of reading this and just didn't get around to it okay um so I'm reading a book called when Franny stands up um it's been likened to uh the marvelous Mrs. Maisel okay like a period piece about a woman who wants to become a comedian um in a very like in a time when it's a very male-dominated field so I'm very excited because I love Mrs. Maisel. If you've okay. never watched it, it's so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, so I'm really excited to read the book. And it was one that um, I had wanted to get better at using one of our digital download services called Freeding. If you've never used Freeding, um, it's a really great service. And once I downloaded the app to my phone and like started messing around with it, I was like, oh, I don't know why I don't ever recommend this one because it's got a lot of new titles that are hard okay. to get on Overdrive. Um, but I just, I fell into loving Libby so much that I stopped trying yeah. to look for other apps. So I checked when Franny stands out, stands up, out, when Franny stands up, out. out. Yes. <laughs> I checked it out on Freeding, um, just to get practice with using the app. And okay. then I read like the first three pages to get like a feel for how the pages turned on like the app. Okay. Cause some of them are different. And then I was like, cool. Well, I learned a new thing. And that's it. And then I had every intention I was like I will come back to this but again I'm a very like Libby Hoopla heavy user so I just never came back to it but I am very excited about that book and I'm definitely going to come back to it okay so that was how I approached it okay how did you approach it um so this is one that I am very much looking forward to um and the only reason I didn't get to it in 2022 is because of the holds list it was Mm -hmm. just insane but I have just been like waiting for it um and it is people we meet on vacation that's on my list too i'm reading that one for a book about a vacation oh perfect i know right there in the title (laughs) yep that one so and funny story i was good so i cheated a little bit but then i was good um people we meet on vacation actually got delivered to me on december 23rd or 22nd oh and i was like I know I'll finish this before January. Like, I'm going to tear through it. I'm so excited. So I put myself back in the holds queue, but not, like, at the end. So I should be getting it, I think, in, like, two or three weeks. Oh, that's good. Is what I have left. So I'm like, okay. I can wait. I can wait a little longer. So, yeah. So I'm super looking forward to that one. Oh, that's exciting. I think we might have another one that... We used in different categories, but we have the same title on our list. Um, for the song lyric as a title, the book with a song lyric as its title, I chose Helter Skelter. 
And oh. I feel like I remember you saying that you had chosen that one too. Yeah, so a book with just text on the cover is Helter Skelter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, that was like, I don't know. Sometimes when we, when I look over the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge prompt, I'm like, oh, I know exactly which book I'm going to choose for that one. And normally the song lyric one throws me off a little bit because yeah. they've done this one. In, and again, this is why I had a little bit of beef with this list this year because they've done this one in the past. Okay. And recent enough that I remembered thinking like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I've done this one before. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I read that one, I was like, oh, Helter Skelter. That's been on my list for a while. There you go. I'm going to do it. So I'm very excited about that one. Yeah. And then, let's see, you said you chose that one for... A book with just text on the cover. That's right. I'm doing Eat, Pray, Love. Ooh, that was a good one. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I, I read have that not one. watched it or read it, but okay. I love Julia Roberts. Yes. And it's one that, like, years and years ago, I committed to reading the book before watching the movie, and so I have not, <laughs> I still have not oh, watched the okay. movie. Yeah. That's... Well, I, I mean, I love Julia Roberts, too, so I know I liked the movie, um, but I read the book so long after I saw the movie um, that it, I forgot kind of what the movie was about. Um, so I just enjoyed the book for what it was. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then for my book with a song lyric as the title is No Sunshine When She's Gone. Ooh. And I have been singing that all day. Oh, yeah. That would be stuck in my head, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime a book references a song, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's stuck in my head. And so now it's probably going to happen to yeah. me. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, but I do actually think we have one more that's the same. Oh, really? Um, what do you have for a book that was self-published? Ooh, that one I took like a little bit of a different approach. And um, this is like now a popular title, but I did The Martian. Me too. Yay! Yeah. Oh, fun. Yep. This is the fun part too, is like we might have different takes on these mm -hmm. and like different feelings about them. So it'll be fun to like come back and kind of check in and like hear what we thought about the books that we both chose. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was that one and um that one, the book that started as a fan fiction and the book that was written during NaNoWriMo, mm -hmm. I when I found titles for them, I was like, oh great, this is perfect. But I think the goal with those was to choose books that were like self-published and are still considered a self-published book. Yeah. But of course like if we're um you know trying to keep in mind reading these and talking about them on the podcast for you listeners. Um, I don't want to choose something that's not accessible here at yeah. the library or that's like really hard to come by. So for the NaNoWriMo book, I chose The Astonishing Color of After. Self-published, we both chose The Martian. And then started as fan fiction, I chose City of Bones by Cassandra oh, Clare. Yes. Yeah. What did that start as fan fiction from? Oh, I read this online and I forget. Oh. I want to say... I want to say it was a Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, okay. I'm not, don't take my word for it. That's not gospel. But I think, <laughs> I think it was Harry Potter fan okay. fiction. Yeah. Um, of course, the first thing that Goodreads recommended and the first thing that popped into my head was Fifty Shades of Grey, but I was like, I just I cannot. Can, yeah. I'm sorry. I would love to someday, but I am not there yet. Yeah. I just, Twilight was one of those books for me that I read as a very, like, uh, not an early teenager, but like early enough that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love Edward Cullen. Yeah. I love Jacob. I love them all so much. This hurts my heart. I need this to end the way I want it to." Exactly. And now I've grown so far out of it that it's like not cringy anymore. Yeah. But there was definitely a period like four years ago when it was real cringy yeah. to me, where like I was like, "Oh gosh, I was yeah. obsessed with this. This is See, just weird." I think I read Fifty Shades 
like so many years ago that it wasn't as cringy as it is to me now. That sure. was one that I did try to reread because I just read them so fast and I was like, what? And then I went back and I was like, oh no. No, oh, no, I can't. Oh no. I can't do it. Okay. Yeah, I really, I think I'm going to read them someday, but I think I read Twilight so long ago and then haven't come back to them. Yeah. And I was, well, I, I was A, way too young to read Fifty Shades of Grey when I read Twilight, but they weren't even out when okay. I read Twilight. Yeah. So it wouldn't have even been... Even if I had, if it had been age appropriate for me, it wouldn't have been available. Yeah, that's true. I think I, because I read Twilight just after high school, and then I read Fifty Shades of Grey maybe two or three years later. Okay. So, yeah, they weren't, like, back-to-back, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so for my book that started out as fan fiction, I'm going to read Point Pleasant, um, and that's from Supernatural. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's Supernatural fan fiction, and... Um, I don't watch Supernatural that that much, but my sister is obsessed with it, and my nephew's name is actually Castiel from that show. Oh, so I was like, cool. all right, well, I have to read it. Yeah. Um, and then the book that was self-published is The Martian, and a book written during NaNoWriMo, I picked Fangirl. Oh, fun. That's Rainbow yeah. Rowell, right? Yes. I love and Rainbow I Rowell. I love her. That's, yes. I, that's been on my list for a while, too. I don't think it made my Pop Sugar Reading Challenge prompts anywhere but that's one that I've wanted yeah. to read for a while and that's one of her one of the few of hers that I haven't read so when I saw that and it was in NaNoWriMo I was like oh, perfect oh I'm I so love excited. that so. and if you're not familiar with what NaNoWriMo is it's national uh-oh what's novel. the no national thank you national novel writing national month. novel writing month and so it's like a month-long commitment to trying to finish a book that you're trying that you hope to get novelized yeah. so that one's always really fun and then if you're not familiar with fan fiction I think most people are but it's it's like writing stories based on popular media that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever write fan fiction? I did not. Oh, I did. I, I can did. tell from your face. <laughs> oh, no. And it's so cringy. I hate oh. myself for it. I wrote Glee fan fiction. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wrote horrible. I mean, it was. I'm sure it was well written. I am. <laughs> I've, I've read a couple of them since um, I've become an adult, but oh my gosh, just the very thought of writing Glee fanfic. I, I loved that. Glee so much that I was like, I need to put myself into this world. Yeah, I wrote about I how... I love that for you. My fanfiction was about how Rachel Berry's mom does... Oh, spoiler alert. If you have never watched Glee, or if you're in the midst of watching Glee... This is a spoiler. Don't listen. I think, yeah, this is a spoiler. Don't listen. Um... My fellow Gleeks out there will understand this. <laughs> I wrote fan fiction about um, Rachel Berry never having been given up for adoption. Okay. So, like, Idina Menzel plays her mom in the show, and they meet each other and don't know that they're mother and daughter, and then come to find out that she's the daughter that, that Idina Menzel's character gave up for adoption. Okay. And in my stinky little fan fiction, I wrote about <laughs> her never having given her up, and they move back <laughs> to Ohio... <laughs> And they find out that like they like she like meets Will Schuster and he's her dad. Just so stupid. Oh, I love that. And like she and Quinn are best friends because Quinn's nice in my my fan fictions because nobody was ever mean in my fan fiction. No, nor should they be. Unacceptable. Mm -hmm. We all deserve a chance to be nice. Um, I also wrote some really incredibly copyright stricken (laughs) Harry Potter fan fiction as a child. (laughs) It was literally just like. 
Harry and Ginny and also Caroline went to the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Absolutely no attempt at making this story my own. Cool. I was just like, oh my gosh, the Great Hall. I was there as well. I was there too. Yeah, yeah. I was there too. So I'm excited <laughs> to read a book that was actually good enough fan fiction yes. to be published. Agreed. Me um, too. Because mine was not. Yeah. And it should never be. And if if you are listening to this podcast and you know my government name, and you go out there and look on fanfiction for my fanfiction, I will be so sad at you. I'll be so sad at you. I won't oh be mad, gosh. but I'll just be disappointed. Just be really sad. Oh, <laughs> It makes my tummy hurt just thinking about it. Oh, oh my gosh. Just the most ridiculous thing I've ever done in my life, but it's fine. We all go through that phase. It'll be good. It'll be great. Yes. Well, we didn't cover all of them, but that's why you have to keep listening to the pod because we will do a little mid-year check-in in June to see where we're at, see what we've read, see if it differed from the things we initially wanted to read. Um, But we can't give it all away now. Dun-dun-dun. You'll have to stay tuned. Yes. If you are doing the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge with us, let us know. Send us a message on Facebook. Comment on the posts with your suggestions for things for the prompts. Um, but yeah, we'll do a little mid-year check-in in June, see where we're at, and then wrap it up in December of 2023 to see if we did it. All right. And uh, see what we fun. end up reading. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so glad you're joining me on this pop sugar journey. I am super excited to begin my pop sugar voyage. Yes. <gasps> Speaking of voyage, a beautiful segue. Book your voyage. Have you booked your voyage and joined the winter reading program? Join the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. Join the winter reading program. There's prizes that you yes. can win. So head to our website, mcldaz.org, and check out the winter reading program yes. so that you can log your minutes between now and February 15th. 14th or 15th. I can't remember now. I think it's the 15th. I'm very confident that it's the 15th. Okay, yes. February we'll 15th. say 15. Yes. And if it's wrong, um, my name is Bob, and this is Steve, (laughs) and uh, you've been listening to another library's podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, join the Winter Reading Program. For all the books you read, you get points, and then your points um, enter you into weekly prize drawings and a grand prize drawing at the end of the program, so it's a lot of fun. It's just for adults. Yes. Um, So if you are... But if you're already reading, you might as well log your points and possibly win some pretty cool prizes. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. So yeah, definitely join us on the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge and join us for Winter Reading Challenge and lots of challenges to be had. Yes. Yay. All the fun stuff. I love it. Well, this has been Caroline and Danielle and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.